We are in Matthew 5. We're going to look at verses 27 through 30 this morning. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. How many of you have heard of the Triple X Church? If you haven't, it's not what you think. Two young California pastors say the church isn't facing up to one of the nastiest temptations facing most believers these days, which is pornography. So these two guys have started up a controversial ministry to take it on. Mike Foster uh, and another guy started up a web ministry that calls itself the number one Christian porn site. And they set up booths at America's porn conventions to help people break free from pornography. Foster says, I think it's time for Christians to be aware of the issues, be proactive, and not simply let the wave of pornography sweep over us. Here's a bunch of statistics. Uh, this is the kind of topic where statistics, I think, will help us to put it into perspective. At $12 billion a year, the revenues of the sex and porn industry in the U.S. are bigger than the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball combined. Worldwide sales are reported to be $57 billion. To put this in perspective, Microsoft uh, reported sales of $36.8 billion in 2004. $4.28 billion is the revenue in the United States in 2005 of adult movie sales and video rentals. 60% of all website visits are sexual in nature. The number one search term used at search engine sites is the word sex. Users search for sex more than other terms such as games, travel, music, jokes, cars, weather, health, and jobs combined. 45 million is the approximate number of unique visitors to adult websites in April of 2005. 17% of women struggle with porn addiction. One of three visitors to all adult websites are women. 9.4 million women access adult websites every month. Uh, here's a Christian net poll by MarketWire.com. Uh, 50% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women are addicted to pornography. 60% of the women who answered the survey admitted to having significant struggles with lust. 40% admitted being involved in sexual sin in the past year. 20% of the church-going female participants struggle with looking at pornography. Focus on the Family's Pastoral Ministries reports that approximately 20% of their calls are for help with issues uh, such as pornography and compulsive sexual behavior. So it's a big problem obviously, triplexchurch.com, uh, a web address, deliberately picked it to lure porn seekers who type in the letters X. Here's a quote from Foster. He says, if you are personally struggling to go, uh, go to this site, you're going to realize you're not alone and that there are other people out there struggling with the same things. We have sections for wives, parents, teenagers. One of them is a prayer wall where you can post your prayers and read about how pornography is affecting others. We have an 800 number where you can call in. Another freebie that they offer is some accountability software that shoots off a bi-weekly list of websites you've been visiting to two people of your choosing. 
It takes away the secrecy, Gross says, and a lot of the problems that people have online uh, if you're willing to let someone else see what you see. The other major purpose of the website and the ministry is to let porn industry professionals know that Jesus loves them. Gross and Foster have been to several conventions accompanied by their mascot, Rex the Rabbit. The answer... <laughs> the uh, answer to the Playboy Bunny. <coughs> this is where they get criticized because Christians don't think they should be going to the conventions, obviously, but uh, they say that Jesus would be there. So that's their, you know... I think they have a car, too, that's covered with stickers and they get egged and, and they have a triple X Bible. Yeah, so anyway... They're doing some. I'm not. I can't criticize them because they're taking it on. They're doing it. We'll see how that works. It's a huge problem, uh, and it's not enough to admit that it's a problem. We we really need to do something about it. So, verse 27. You've heard that it was said to those of old, "You shall not commit adultery." It's likely that the Pharisees had explained this commandment as extending only to the external act, and that they regarded evil thoughts and wanton imagination of little consequence or as not being forbidden by the law. Jesus assures them that the commandment did not regard the external act merely, but the secrets of the heart and the movements of the eye. He declares that they who indulge in these desires, they who look on women to increase their lust, have already in the sight of God violated the commandment and committed adultery in the heart. And so that's a good reminder uh, just you know, to Christians who, uh, you know, are struggling with this, it's a reminder that, the yes, there is a difference between physical adultery and mental adultery, uh, but Jesus is getting to the heart. He says, hey, the, you know, it, we're not talking about the law, we're talking about something greater than the law and uh, who we want to be as Christians. The intent of the law is really to reveal the sanctity of sex and the sinfulness of the human heart. It's a reminder that God created sex and protects it. He has the authority to regulate it and to punish those who rebel against it. He does not regulate sex because he wants to rob us, but rather because he wants to bless us. Warren Wiersbe says, whenever God says no, it's so that he might say yes. And so in verse 28, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The emphasis is always on inward purity. The law forbade the act of adultery. Jesus forbids the desire Whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. A guy named E. Stanley Jones caught the importance of this verse when he wrote, and I quote, If you think or act adultery, you do not satisfy the sex urge. You pour oil on a fire to quench it. Uh, the idea, a lot of times with our flesh, we have the idea that if we uh, satisfy our flesh a little bit, then we won't have trouble you know, later on. I mean, you know, it's, if you give it a little bit, you kind of feed it and satisfy it, then its desire will be met. Uh, and what we find out with all addictions, you know, whether or, or all sins, is that the flesh is insatiable. It just wants more. You, you, if you feed it, then it, it, it gets hungrier and hungrier all the time. Uh, and so uh, the idea is that it's an either or. The Bible says that we are crucified with Christ and we have to have the understanding that our flesh has been crucified so that we don't have to sin. We do sin, but we, we don't have to sin. When we sin, it's a problem we have to deal with. And so there's, no kind, there's really no gray area here uh, in terms of this. 
Sin begins in the mind, and if we nourish it, we eventually will commit the act. To portray just how important are our thoughts, Jesus illustrated his teaching with a pretty shocking statement in verses 29 and 30. He says, If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. This, there's been some suggestion that this, uh, not that it's a parody, but uh, I've heard before, uh, and, and I think it's substantiated, there, uh, the Pharisees had a practice of when a, a woman would walk by, they would close their eyes and uh, walk, you know, sometimes they would keep walking and they would run into things like Dave does. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think commentators have dubbed them the bruised and bleeding Pharisees, you know, and stuff. And so you'd go to the temple and, you know, Rabbi Hillel would be there with a bloody nose because he's so spiritual, he's closing his eyes whenever women walk by. And, and again, whether that's true or not, Jesus is taking it to another level. He says, he goes, you know, if you really want to get into this, you'd have to pluck out your eye and uh, cut off your hand. But the first thing to realize is that the Lord already established in the two previous verses that it's the heart and in the mind that sin is happening. And so missing one eye or one hand or one member of any kind is not going to eliminate sin in the heart or in the mind. And so he must be using this illustration of physical amputation <coughs> excuse me, to show how radically we must guard and protect the heart and mind from the thoughts uh, that are sin and bring forth more sin. It, it's just a, it's a, uh, an exaggeration, uh, you know, what we would call a hyperbole. It's a way exaggeration in order to show how significant it is. If you could keep yourself from sinning in some heinous way by cutting off your hand, the idea is that you'd do it, uh, you know, because you don't want to sin, knowing the consequences of going to hell. I mean, if the, somebody came to you and said, you're going to go to hell unless you cut off your hand, hey, take it, you know. You're going to go to hell unless I pluck out your eye. Man, take it, give it to Dave Whistler. Uh, you know, he needs, he needs one. But... Uh, uh, you know, those, that's the idea. It's a, it's a radical kind of illustration. How much more then to do whatever is necessary to have the mind of Christ and to bring all your thoughts captive to Him? If it were necessary to lose a member rather than one soul, then we'd gladly part with it. Fortunately, it's not necessary to lose a member and it wouldn't help anyway. Uh, and, and so... Uh, the Lord is, in our case, is shocking us into the realization of how dangerous and serious is this sin. Uh, how prevalent we see how prevalent it is, uh, especially in our culture, but in all cultures. You know, I think. Uh, well, th- there's always been pornography. I think some of the great art of the past is is really just pornography. Uh, you know, and, and uh, it, it, it is a lot more prevalent. And one of the real terrible things that computers have done is they've brought it into the home. There's a bunch of other statistics about uh, cable television and all satellite television and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's just made things a lot easier. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, you, you, you know, you couldn't really get your hands on pornography. It was a rare thing uh, if you were a child. 
uh, now you can't get away from it. And everything that used to be considered pornography when we were kids, th- those of us who are adults, uh, is now commonplace television fare. Uh, in, in, in ter- you know, what you see just on the evening television is worse than what used to be in Playboy magazine. And so our culture is, is deteriorating, there's no doubt about that, unless you're uh, a liberal intellectual who thinks that this is all really, you know, just be- we're becoming more honest and open. Uh, you know, it, it, our culture's headed downstream pretty fast, and it's getting harder and harder to protect our children uh, and even ourselves. And so we have to really take this on as men, first of all, in our personal lives, and say, look, I have to quit doing this, or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be drawn into this. Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa on their website. Uh, they, they talked about all the different things you can do to block pornography and to have these programs. And uh, probably the best programs to have are these accountability programs where people can go back and visit all the websites that you visited so that you can't, you know, you can't really lie about where you've been. Um, but at the bottom line, they said, is there's no real way to filter it all out. And so if you're going to have a problem with it, then you can't be on the Internet. You're going to have to, you know, uh, realize that life can go on without that. And so, um, seems radical, but it's not as rad. I mean, you know, to say, well, you know, I, I don't have a computer, I'm not on the internet, is not as radical as plucking out your eyeball or cutting off your hands. And that's what Jesus is saying: is you have to do whatever you have to do to not sin in this area because it's so prevalent. And um, you know, the fact that we aren't committing adultery outwardly doesn't mean that as Peter says in his epistle, that we don't have hearts that are full of adultery. And uh, obviously, if our heart is full of that, it's not full of love for the Lord. We're not serving the Lord. We're not doing the things that the Lord wants us to do. Um, I get calls, I I don't want to say once a week, but a lot of calls from women whose husbands are involved in pornography. And uh, it's it's just, uh, it tears up relationships it, it well it doesn't help your relationship let me put it that way <laughs> and so uh you know wives are, are very concerned about this i did read some statistics about women but i don't think christian women are that involved really uh in in this so much as as christian men although there have been a couple of cases where uh christian women have been drawn off into relationships because of internet chatting and dating sites and things like that. And so the Internet has just made life a lot more sinful for a lot of people. And Christians are being caught in that web, uh, you know, the worldwide web. Get it? You know, caught in the web. That would have been a great title for this study. But it's not just that. I mean, you know, there's, there's other ways of, of, of uh, having pornography come in. And, and so, so we, need to, we need to at least stop and say, okay, all right, time out. Uh, let's define what we think is pornographic. Uh, let's really have a higher standard than we, you know, than we, uh, than the, obviously than the culture has, but even a higher standard than we would settle for. And let's figure out how we can cut these things out. We're going to be bombarded with it enough. Uh, just if we watch any television, if we drive down the street, if we're looking at billboards, any magazines, you know, those kinds of things. Um, how how are we going to deal with this? Jesus said, it, you know, I should mutilate myself if I have to in order to deal with this. So maybe it's not going too far to cancel HBO. Uh, maybe it's not going too far to have my wife go through the magazine first and pull out all the, 
you know, maybe it's not going too far to either not subscribe to Sports Illustrated or to not get the swimsuit issue, you know, that kind of a thing. And I mean, you know, and, and you think, well, you know, that's kind of weird. Well, it's not as bad as coming to work with one eye and having people say, what happened? I, got, I had to pluck out my eye because I was committing, uh, you know, adultery. And then the next day you come out with no hand, you know, and stuff. What's happened? Pretty soon you're just a stump. You know, but you still, you know, that's the idea. So whatever we, we need, Jesus said, not in his words, but in his philosophy, deal immediately and decisively with sin. Don't taper off, cut off. And that's what we always want to do in our flesh. We want to taper off, come back to it. What happens is we set a standard and we say we're not going to, we're not going to watch any of this rating movie. And then one comes along that, well, that didn't have any sex in it, and so I guess some R-rated movies are okay. And then, you know, so then you're starting to watch. And I think we need to, instead of taper off in this area, we need to just cut off and, and have a higher standard than people would, uh, have, certainly in the world, and, and a higher standard, obviously, than most other Christians as well. And so uh, just a word to the wise, to all of us, to be careful, uh, especially on the Internet, but in other areas as well. As Christians, we uh, have Jesus died to set us free from the penalty of sin, and He also set us free from the power of sin. Uh, that's still a, is a, a lure to our flesh. You need to understand that the flesh wants to be satisfied, and we need to cut it off. We need to starve it. We can't feed it, and so we need to back off from that. And and people say, well, what should I do? I mean, it, you, you either don't do those things, or you have an accountability when you're doing those things. Uh, so that you get busted. And uh, those are, uh, pr you know, the easiest ways of, of handling that. Uh, you know, just have your wife check your websites, and that'll do it. You know, you'll probably never go on the Internet again after that. But, uh, so be careful. It's, uh, it's, you know, Jesus wants us to act radically in this area. The flip side of it is that those of us who are married should have a strong, solid growing marriages uh, so that we can show the world what the Lord really wants uh, for a couple and what He really means by marriage and sex within marriage. All right, amen.